Happy Mother's Day. Where's my mom? Right there. Happy Mother's Day. My mom was the strongest woman I have ever met in my life and the most stubborn woman I have ever met in my life. And that's probably why we are that way. That's a good thing. My brothers, Tony and I and Jeremy, tried to pick her up last night and take a picture with her. And you would have thought we were trying to pick up a Brahma bull. She bucked us and kicked us and kneed us. I have bruises and body parts I didn't know existed because of the way she fought us. And if you happen to see a picture on Facebook with me and my face is like this and the veins are popping out of my neck, Hulk Hogan style, it's because my mama was trying to get out and I wasn't gonna let your beautiful sweet head hit the floor. So happy Mother's Day. I saved your life. <laughs> oh, I know you have, believe me. I remembered a story. It's not a story, it's, it, I wish it was a story. Um, when I was a little boy, well, I guess parts of me were little. I guess my head was pretty big because I tried to climb into a building, an old block building. It didn't have a roof. It was behind our house. And it, uh, you know, the breathing grates that are on, the, that are on those buildings, and some of them kind of still have the little uh, triangular-shaped uh, metal pieces where they've been knocked out. Well, my genius brother that I just adored and loved and wanted to go everywhere he went, and, his, and our knucklehead cousin, Jasper, it's actually Seth's cousin. I don't call him that anymore because of this event. Crawled into the building and invited me in the building with him. And I thought, well, Tony's in there, Jasper's in there, I'm going in there. I'm probably about two years old and made my way and I got halfway through until this big old melon head that I was gifted with got stuck in that building. Now I want you to imagine two-year-old Josh on my knees with my head like this for about an hour, stuck in the building. But my mama would not leave me in that building, glory to God. You know what she did? And this was really more of a sacrifice of my father than my mother because she took my daddy's peanut butter it's not a joke. My dad had a saying at our house, who butchered my peanut butter? To this day, I don't know what butchering peanut butter is. But my mama butchered it and put it all over my head and pulled my big old head out of that building, else I would still be there. And so thank you, you did save my life. <laughs> I was claustrophobic for years and actually had the Holy Spirit work with me through that. I'm like, why am I claustrophobic? I'm not afraid of stuff. But man, you get me in the elevator sometimes. I'd, and he took me back to that moment. I was stuck in that building and freed me from it, thank God. But my mama, she's, she's number one. I want to read this. Mom, what is it that makes the word such a comfort, such a stabilizing force in our lives? On this day, we celebrate the gift of motherhood and remember the sacrifices that were made for each of us to be there. Thank you. If you will, I want to ask each of you to close your eyes. I'm not going to keep you very long today. And think of a happy time with your mother. Some of you, I understand that may not exist, but think of someone who has influenced you. But for those of us that were so blessed to have a wonderful mother, I want you to close your eyes and think of a happy time. It may take you back to when you were playing with your mother as a child or just playing in general as a child. Or it may be the night that you went to prom. Or it may be your wedding night. Whatever, mind, whatever thought comes to your mind, I want you to breathe it in. And live in that place for just a moment. How do you feel? For me, growing up, my mom was home to me. You can open your eyes now. We moved a lot, a lot, a lot growing up, but somehow my mother knew how to make each house our home. I understand now that it had nothing to do with the house, but the fact that in every house and in every memory, she was there. 
cheering me on, picking me up when I fell, greasing my head with peanut butter to pull me out of a building. Hers was the voice that still rings in my ears when I remember traveling all over the East Coast, United States to play soccer. Hers is the voice that I hear reciting her beautiful story, Johnny and Pa. I have no thoughts of a family or Christmas or any holiday as a child that do not begin and end with my mother. She was the constant in our lives, the stabilizing force of our family. My mother was the one who walked up to big, bad Brad Dobbins and told him if he ever threatened me again, she would wear his butt out in front of God and everybody. Mom, what a gift mothers are. Only God could take all the parts of himself that are protective and nurturing, selfless and sacrificial, and put them in the being that we call mother. Only God could take the procreative part of himself, the part that sacrifices his own body to allow another to occupy that sacred space, to be nurtured from her own food and attached for a time to her very own body and put that in a woman. Only a woman, a mother, can fully understand what it is to house that which is fully alive in two worlds at one time. Only the womb of a mother was deemed worthy enough to house that which is and that which is to come. And not only house, but to sacrifice its own resources for the sake of that other life. So today, mom, and all mothers, we salute you. Thank you for being everything that makes you, you. It was mom. Why y'all always take my tissue? You thieving church members. Thank you. It was mom that knew to grow trees of righteousness. The requirement is seeds of hope. It takes seeds of hope to grow trees of righteousness. So today in honor of Mother's Day and in honor of the mystery of the womb, I wanna offer all of you some hope. I realize there are some among us that have longed for a child and yet you have not been able to become pregnant and today I simply wanna give you hope. I know there are those among us who are struggling relationally and although I may not have the answers to solve the big problems, I do want to try my best to sow a seed of hope. I know there are some here that are struggling with addiction and some that are seen and some that seem to be very well hidden. And the problem with hiding an addiction is it begins to gnaw away at your soul. I may not be able to give you the big answers today, but I can offer all of you seed of hope. In fact, all I have or all any real minister has to offer is a seed. I've said before and I'll say it again, when God sees a problem, he sows a seed. When God sees a problem, he sows a seed. One of the most profound revelations about the parable of the sower is this, Jesus is an indiscriminate sower. You remember when the Bible says a sower went forth to sow is the way the King James says it. If you want to read a newer version, a farmer went out to plant some seed. And when he planted seed, some fell on good ground 
and some fell on fallow ground. Some fell on thorny ground, and some fell on stony ground. I just like the fact that the sower was willing to sow indiscriminately and not judge the ground or deem the ground unworthy. He just simply said, I'm going to sow some seed. So the problem is not, nor has it ever been with the seed. If there's an issue, the issue is with the ground, which you are. But no matter whether you consider yourself good ground or bad ground, no matter whether you consider yourself, your heart malleable and palatable or you consider it hardened, this morning I, by the power of God in me and the Son of God who speaks through me, wants to sow some seed. Indiscriminate seed. I don't care if this is your first service or this would be your last service. It doesn't matter to me if you walked in full of addiction and full of what you would consider sin. It doesn't matter to me. I want to give you some hope this morning. What I'm asking you to do is what my father preached years ago. I don't want to just give seed to the ground. I'm asking you to give your ground to the seed. Because inside every seed is, is, the, is, is nothing more than possibility. If I take a seed and I don't properly sow it in the ground, then the seed does not lose its power, but it, it also does not manifest its power. The way that a seed manifests its power is it's sown and it's tended to well. And a lot of the problems in the 2019 church is we have not tended to the seeds well that are already lying dormant within us. Don't want to preach about the dormant seed, but I might hit it just for a few minutes. We're begging God for new seed and we're begging God for a new word or, or another move. And the Lord says back to us, that's fine, but what have you done with the seed that I've already given you? Because inside every seed is the power to raise from the dead. My God. Inside every seed, you, can't, you, cannot, you cannot bury a seed. You simply plant a seed. It's so powerful that it cannot be buried because although it seems to be buried, it's going to come up out of that ground. You can't keep a seed down. And uh, you don't want this this morning. You can't keep a seed down. And that's why when God sees a problem, he may or may not give you what we think is the answer, and he certainly doesn't manifest, it a, manifest a full-grown tree, but what he does is he sows a seed. I don't care what your problem is this morning. Most of our problems is not the problem itself, but the fact that we're not in control. Better said, the problem is not the problem. The problem is you're not in control. And we do not like, we are not, by habit, we are not creatures of surrender. We want to have control. And when we feel like we do not have control, then we think that not having control is equal to being out of control, and that's just not the case. Amen. Let me get back over here to my notes. He sows indiscriminately upon all types of soil. He does not judge the ground which one should or should not receive seed. You may deem yourself good or bad, hardened or dry, but Father, the indiscriminate sower, deems you worthy. And he understands the power of a seed for some of us to see ourselves whole in our lives right now, for us to see ourselves whole in our relationships right now. To see ourselves where we ultimately want to be is too great a task, and it seems like it's too far out of reach. Have you ever spoken, because I have, with a broken person? Have you? Do you know that it is almost impossible for that broken person for you to convince them that they're going to be made whole? But what you can do is sow a seed. And if the seed is tended to properly, the, the power of the seed will cause wholeness to come. Hmm. 
But we can all see and receive seed. It's not our responsibility to grow great trees. Write this down. It's not our responsibility to grow great trees. It's simply our responsibility to receive the seed. The truth is if we tend well to the seed, listen to me, the seed itself will do the work. If we tend well to the seed, you don't have to work it. You simply have to plant it and let the seed go to work on its own. Oh, yes, we do need to water it. You do need to water a seed, and you do need to make sure it has some sunshine. Here's a spiritual correlation. You do need to be in the spirit. You, you do need to, sometimes you've got to water some seed with your tears. It wouldn't be the worst thing to get on your knees and say, God, I don't have the answer. I'm tired of pretending like I do. I don't think I'm ever going to find the answer. I thought I would have been further along in life than I am now, and I haven't broken this addiction, and my relationships are broken, but I can take the tears and cry and water this seed, and I know if I water the seed and I shed the light of your word on the seed at some point, and we never know when that point is. But that seed will break forth from ground and it will bring forth the fruit that'll change my life. It's not our responsibility to grow great trees. It's simply our responsibility to sow and receive seed. The truth is if we tend to the seed well, the seed does the work. My God, let the seed work. Somebody say, let the seed work. Some of all that we need to do is not get a new word, not get a new revelation, but let the seed that's within us work. Let it do its job. If you sow a seed in the natural today in that field and tomorrow you go out and dig it up to see what happens, it will never, ever, ever take root. But if you'll go out there and plant it and water it and give it enough time and give it enough daylight, at some point that thing's going to break through the ground. And it's not going to start out as a, big, as a big, huge tree. It's going to start out as a little tiny sprout that will become a sapling that will become a tree. Did you know that, the, that an embryonic tree exists inside of a seed? Hope, seeds of hope, tended well, will produce trees of righteousness. It's simply our responsibility to muster enough faith to receive the seed. So I ask you today, will you hope? Will you believe today? This is not a hard message. This is not that challenging. It's simply saying, where are you? What do you want to see yourself doing? What has God put in your heart? What addictions maybe need to be broken or what life changes need to be made? And what are you willing to do to change it? Will you just simply hope today? If you can't see it, believe for it. And if you can't believe for it, hope for it. I love the Shawshank Redemption. If it's not your favorite movie, you probably haven't seen it. But if you have, it should be. And the monologue that, that, uh, that, that Red gives at the very end of the movie, Morgan Freeman, he says, hope maybe is the greatest of all things. You remember? He says in prison that hope is a dangerous thing because hope will get you killed. But the moment that he's free, not just from his outward uh, prison, but the metaphor is he's become free, he says hope is what kept me alive. Hope is what got Andy out of here, and he planted a seed of hope in me to get me out of here too. I want to be, as a free man, someone that sows a seed of hope that when you're free, you'll say someone believed in me enough to say, you can do it. You can break the addiction. You don't have to stay where you are. The relationships can be whole and mended. My job this morning is simply to sow some seed. I should have worn my overalls, except that I don't have any. 
And don't go buy me any because I'm not wearing them. <laughs> if I'll show up some in, next, in some overalls next Sunday, you're going to know what happened. Barbie gets them and says, you better wear them, boy. So what will you hope for today? What will you believe for today? There's someone here who understands exactly where you are, and he understands that for you, wholeness may seem too far from your reality. But he also understands the power of a seed. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The Message Bible says it this way, unrelenting disappointment. How many people can raise their hand and say, yes, it has seemed like I've lived in a place, me too, of unrelenting disappointment. I hope for this or I believe for that, but, but it seems like time after time after time, it's one step forward and two steps back, and I believed and yet it did not come to pass, and I prophesied and the prophecy didn't manifest, and I hoped and I prayed and nothing happened. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn your life around. This morning, I'm believing someone's gonna have a sudden good break. And the break is not gonna be something that comes from there. It's gonna be the seed that's already been sown breaking forth up out of that fallow ground, saying, give me some sunlight, give me some water. I want to produce for you. The seed is alive, and it cannot be killed. It can be buried, but it cannot be killed. Because even if you bury a seed, it always, does it die? It does die, but it cannot be killed. The way that a seed dies is it gives its life and opens itself up. Indeed, the, the, the seed of God was Jesus Christ. I heard it said this way, God had a son, but he wanted a family, so he was willing to sow his son so he could reap a family. Woo. Somebody's going to find some hope today. There's going to be a sudden breakthrough. I don't even like using the word because it's become such a buzzword in the kingdom, but I just feel like the breakthrough is not going to be a shamalalalalabada. It's going to be, whoa, the seed inside of me. It sprouted. Look, look, it sprouted. And it won't come as a tree, but you'll be like, oh man, I woke up this morning and there's a little bit more hope. It's just a small leafy thing and it's very tender and it's very delicate, but I can see the seed is producing. It's doing what it was supposed to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm getting back down again to day and I'm going to water it a little bit more and I'm going to shine some light of the word on it just a little bit more and I know when I wake up in a couple of weeks it might be a foot tall still tender still soft still st still young but I know I'm going to get on my knees again in two more weeks and I'm going to water that little tender sapling again and before you know it I'm going to sit in the shade of that tree I'm going to pluck the fruit of that tree and good God almighty I'm going to enjoy the fruit of righteousness because I trusted in the seed of hope. Somebody shout for God this morning. My God, people. I don't consider myself having left Pentecost. It's still a part of me. So I do not apologize for getting loud. I feel some sudden good breaks are coming your way. I feel love's turning around today. I believe someone is receiving a seed of hope today that will produce a tree of life for you. I believe that your best days are ahead of you. I believe that your yes is being released from heaven today. My God, I believe you will walk out of your addiction. I believe that you will have the desires of your heart. I believe
believe that heaven's yes is simply waiting on your amen. If you don't see it, and if you can't grab it, at least hope for it and believe the seed will produce. My God, somebody believe with me. Hope means expectation. In the Hebrew, it's taken from word, yakal, and it simply means to stay, to trust, and to wait. That's what the word means, to stay. That's the problem with a lot of us. A lot of us, don't, we don't have any staying power. When, when things get rough, we're ready to roll. We're ready to leave. We leave relationships. We leave jobs. We leave, we leave, our, we leave anything. We leave the church. Anything that gets a little shaky, we leave. But somebody's going to have to have some intestinal fortitude to say, I'm going to stay when the, because when the, God Almighty, when the going gets tough, the tough don't get going. The tough stay and say, I'm planted here, and I refuse to, to believe the lie that I've got to go somewhere else. I'm planted here, and I'm going to stay here. And I'm gonna trust. That's the second part, y'all call. That's the second part. I'm gonna stay and I'm gonna trust. I might not see it and I can't hold it in my hand, but I know that my trust is as good as the one that made the promise. My trust is not in the promise, but in the promiser. And that promiser has never failed me. He's never let me down one time. So I'm gonna stay and I'm gonna trust. And finally, I'm gonna wait. And that word wait literally means expect. There are some women here today that are, that are waiting, but there's a difference in waiting and expecting because Tony is expecting. There's a seed that was put inside of her and that seed is growing. She's expecting, so I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna trust. And if I stay long enough and I trust long enough, before long, I'll be expecting. Seeds of hope produce trees of righteousness. They are not poofed. What was, they don't, God's not going to poof it. It ain't going to happen. God, I wish you'd just poof it. How many of you have ever shikamashayed over a lottery ticket and ain't one of you a millionaire? <laughs> oh, glory to God, I just feel like this is the one. Oh, shikamashayah. And the next day you check your ticket and say, that's stupid ticket. I knew it wasn't going to work in the first place. <laughs> You're laughing because you did it too. <laughs> Oh, God, I just feel the anointing on this lottery ticket. No, you don't. You don't feel no Lord. My daddy was one of the worst. I love him to pieces. My daddy be like, look, honey, if he gets to 300000000 million, I'm just buying one. And I was like, Daddy, you are wasting your money, son. It's a dollar. Back then, it was still just a dollar. I think it's two or three now. If you buy lottery tickets, God bless you. I hope you get it. And don't you forget to give to the church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a man in this city that won almost a million dollars and his church refused the tithe on it because it was lottery money. I said, man, show him 188 South Shady Rest Road. Later, we'll welcome him, welcome him with open arms. Give him a Mother's Day present. Thank you, sir, for coming. <laughs> Last time I checked, that money spends the same as if it was. <laughs> Some of you are too religious for me to talk like this. So you got real tight right then. Well, I can't believe he said that. Well, that's all right. Just fasten your safety belt. It gets a lot better or a lot worse depending on your perspective. <laughs> Y'all call to stay, to trust, and to wait. 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 Wait, I say. Wait on the Lord. We don't like wait, do we? Do we? Can I share your story again? I've only shared it like eight times. I was a little boy. Now, we had station wagons, and there was never a station wagon that my family owned that had a muffler. 
It's like my dad had a problem with mufflers. So you could hear us coming from about three miles away. You would think it was G riding up on his Harley, but no, it was a, it, it was a, it was a big, uh, long, elongated station wagon, and the back seat faced backwards, faced out. You remember those things? We had a gray one, and we had a black one, and then we had a red one with wood grain, and the wood grain fell off, so it was just metal. We had a blue one. I mean, if you ever, we had all the station wagons, and there wasn't a one of them that ever came with a muffler. I was mad about it. This is the truth. I went to West Middle, and I would ask my daddy, drop me off on Island Ford. I'll walk the rest of the way. I do not want you to pull up to that door. Like, ooh, man, it's a car coming. What kind of car? Oh, a station wagon? Tony, did we not? Daddy, you drop us off at the, don't you pull down there. It was, I do remember, I will say this. There was a, there was a dealership in Statesville called Arthur's. It wasn't called that, but that's what my father called it because the owner was Arthur, his buddy. Probably was a buy here, pay here gig. I don't know. But anyways, and my mama got a new car. It was a blue station wagon with the wood grain on the side and pulled up in it, and it purred like a kitten. And I said, my God is alive. My God is alive. It had a muffler. I don't know how long it lasted. It wasn't very long. But it, <laughs> huh? My mama would put all of us in the car. Not that she was always had to have a station wagon. To be sure, when we lived in North Wilkesboro, this is Miller's Creek, G. This is an hour and 40 minutes one way from our church. My mama decided I'm going to buy a Ford Escort. What I'm going to do is that little piece of cardboard that covers the trunk, I'm throwing it out because Holly and Jeremy and Becca got to get back there. <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes, and them kids was like this, <laughs> up under the windshield. <laughs> she should have went to jail 900 times. If we'd have had the traffic laws then that we have now, she'd be a convicted felon right there. I'm not kidding. To open the trunk to let the kids crawl in and ride like this for an hour and 40 minutes one way. Y'all ever seen Becca walk funny? That's why. Her spine hadn't been right since she was nine. And my sweet, precious mama would pull us into a McDonald's and order. Let me tell you, no, you don't even know the story yet. They would never buy us drinks because my daddy would say, well, we can buy a Pepsi at Ingalls for 89 cents, and I got cups. I'm not paying no dollar a drink for no drink. You don't know what struggle is until you ask your dad, daddy, can we please just have the drinks that come at McDonald's? If we ever ate there, which we didn't often, if we ever ate there, he would go to Ingalls, buy cups, pull out the cups, and, my, and look at people, and they're like, why are they doing it? He'd be like, you mind? You do you. Let me do me. Pour, pour Pepsi from one bottle. I'm going to tell it all today, Mother's Day. <laughs> so here come Jeremy and Becca. Duck down, duck down in the drive-thru. We already ducked down as much as we can be. You know, <laughs> fold it up like an envelope. Yes, sir, I'd like to order four cheeseburgers. My mama loved Big Macs back in the day. She don't eat them now that I know of, but she loved them back in the day. I want a Big Mac. Seven cheeseburgers, kids' meals, or six cheeseburger, kids' meals. Do you want fries and drink? Just give me the cheeseburgers. We got the drink covered. I'll take a couple of fries. Give me three fries. We'll split them between all of us, between all of them. Me, Carrie, and Holly, Tony knew that was good for us because they got handed to us before they got in the pipsqueets in the trunk. <laughs> so we're going to take the lion's share of French fries and throw what was left over to Beck and Jeremy. <laughs> it's a wonder you made it as well as you are. She said, Preach. And, my, and so she, by the time she orders, she's at the drive-thru. 
And she pulls up to the window to get the food, and they would say, here's your uh, cheeseburgers, ma'am, and here's your thing, and, uh, but give us a few minutes, we're cooking the fries. And so they would wait a couple of minutes, and they would come back, and my mama, probably because she was really worried about a cop pulling up behind us, would be like, And when they finally came and brought us French, can I get some extra fries for having to wait so long? <laughs> Did she? The, I didn't know until I was older it was a trick because she know all I got to do is pay for three because I'm getting three free ones. I'm going to get three free ones. What is the point of all this? The point is she taught me the wrong way how to wait. <laughs> We don't like to wait for anything. I mean, I'm that way. I'm that, I mean, how many, how many of you have gone to the red light? Like, my God, would you ever turn? My wife gets on off the exit at 40, right there at the new, where the turnaround is. She's like, my God, this is the longest. I'm like, Elizabeth, we've been sitting here 37 seconds. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, she, you want to come tell my stories? I mean, 10, 15 years ago, we didn't even have social media. And now, if we try to post something on Facebook, you don't get posted right, well, whatever, you piece of junk. I just ain't gonna, I ain't gonna share it. I can't believe it's taking me two minutes. All I wanna do is post a video. All of you that are laughing are guilty as charged. It's a, the Stony Point struggle is real, but all of us have done it. And why? It's because we've been cultured to not want to wait anymore. And so it's against our grain and against our nature. But those that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Stay, trust, and wait. I'm finishing. When you go home today, you can say, man, I don't know what he said, but it was funny. <laughs> I believe there are good breaks coming your way. I just want to reiterate this part. I'm going to finish and I'll, we'll go home. If you take your mother to eat today, you are to be commended because it is going to be a crazy, wild, ruckus thing out there. We had our thing yesterday at my house. Marie told me, Mom's not even getting out in this mess. I'm going to see her today. She texted me yesterday. I said, I blame her. I feel sudden good breaks coming this way. Now, I'm, I'm speaking prophetically, so you receive this. I feel love is going to turn around in your favor today. I believe someone is receiving a seed of hope today that will produce a tree of life for you. I believe your best days are ahead of you. I believe your yes is being released from heaven today. I believe that you will walk out of your addiction. I believe that uh, you will have the desires of your heart. I believe that heaven's yes is waiting on your amen. If you don't see it, believe. And if it's too se it seems too great to believe, simply hope. Stay, trust, and wait. We do not know when that seed which was buried will break through the ground in resurrection life, but we can rest assured if we stay and trust and wait, it surely will come to pass. We don't plant a seed today and see a tree tomorrow, but if we do plant a seed today and if we do tend to that seed, we will not only see the ultimate expression of a seed, which is a tree of life that bears more seed, but the process will develop us and the process will develop within us and cause us to learn patience and quiet trust. I wonder if that's why God made there be a process in seed. Is it impossible for God to call a tree out of the ground when the seed's been planted? No, he can do that if he wants to. If, if God wants you to win the lottery, he can make that happen. 
But I believe the reason that he has things happen this way is because the whole time inside of us we're developing patience and we're developing quiet trust and truly what we're developing is relationship. Let's receive today the seeds of hope. Let's all stand. William, give me something on the keys, buddy. For whatever you're going through today, there's a seed of hope. And his name is simply Jesus. If you will receive this seed, you will be satisfied in your soul. Now let's all pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here. We thank you that you chose in your own sovereign will in your own holy counsel before the world was to have us here today and to hear this word. We thank you that you've shown us that you are an indiscriminate sower and that one thing you refuse to do is judge the ground unworthy to receive your seed. I speak today over those that are here, Father, that have hidden addiction. I speak to those that may have even overt addiction. That know that it's killing them, that know that it's gnawing away and eating away at their very soul. That there's hope. I speak to that person, there's hope. And his name is Jesus. There's something better than your addiction, and his name is Jesus. In truth, the hole that you've been trying to fill will only ever be filled with a relationship with Jesus Christ. I speak to those here today, Father, that came through the doors together or possibly even alone because of a broken relationship. I pray this morning, Father, that something that has been said here, Lord, by my mouth but by your voice, will cause a seed of hope to drop in their heart again and say, I believe again. I believe this relationship can live. I believe that we can produce life. I believe that we can increase as a family. I, be I believe. I speak to people here, Father, that need a, a miracle physically, and I know they're here. I believe that the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, if He dwells in us, will quicken make alive our mortal bodies and I declare that over your body over these people I know there are people in here Father that have are missing loved ones have lost loved ones I pray for the hearts to be bound up Lord that there would be a, a balm Lord a holy oil poured over their soul and hearts it may not take away the pain but it gives us hope to know we're going to see those again I pray for those Father in here who need to find gainful employment, Lord, or that are, feel like they're in a dead-end job. I, pray, I know that, Father, because it matters to us, it matters to you. And I pray, Father, that something that was said today will cause hope to spring up. I speak to those, Father, who have family members, Lord, with disease or cancer or whatever the case may be. And Father, I speak, Lord, as a, as a son of God. Not the Son of God, but a Son of God. And I declare the healing virtue of the risen Christ into their bodies. Oh, I felt that so heavily, Lord. Into their bodies right now, Lord. I see for the third time I've seen Joey Hall. I declare that glory 
into his body in Jesus' name. I declare that glory into Rich Gustin's body in Jesus' name. I declare that glory, Father, into people whose names I won't even call right now, Lord, that the healing virtue of the risen Christ would cause their bodies to be illuminated with health in Jesus' name. For your glory's sake. Lastly, Father, I thank you for my mama. Thank you that you, for whatever reason, chose her to be our mother, the mother of our family, the mother of this house. We honor her and love her, and I thank you for giving us that gift. Help us, Lord, to live every day and remember how precious our mothers are, how special they are. We may never and probably will never know, especially as men, the sacrifices that they make and made and are still making for us, but we thank you for that today, Lord. We acknowledge that. And I pray a special blessing on every mother, expecting mother, and even those here, Father, that have hoped and prayed to be a mother and hasn't happened yet. I declare them healthy and whole, and I pray a special blessing from heaven upon them this day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Happy Mother's Day.